Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited-time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Welcome to Episode 5. We changed what we were going to do for Episode 5. In Episode 4, we talked about socialization with puppies and exposure And I mentioned about dog communication and how dogs communicate and why it's so important that they socialize with other dogs. So I thought for this podcast, I would do a short little talk on dog communication. Typically, when I do dog communication, the seminar is about three hours long. 75% of the seminar is video related because I want you to be able to see the dog's behavior. But since this is just an audio podcast... I'm going to talk a little bit about it, and then you can always go and watch some videos online, go watch your own dogs play, go sit at the dog park without your dog and watch dogs interact just to get some practice on looking for the communication skills and the different calming signals that dogs use. So what is dog communication? Dog communication is basic body language that dogs will use to communicate that they are uncomfortable with something. Basically, they're calming signals. And calming signals are something that dogs are born with and they will use throughout their life, but they have to continue practicing it throughout their life. And the only way to really practice it is to have dog dog socialization. People get themselves into trouble with dogs because they don't recognize calming signals. They don't recognize when a dog is communicating that they are uncomfortable with something. And, and this causes a really breakdown on communication and a real breakdown on uh, just relationship in general. A lot of times this is why family dogs start struggling with children that have been living in the home because they continually disrespect a dog's calming signals and they continue to do things that they're not necessarily fans of. So with calming signals, there are basically three levels of calming signals. And uh, They will use them in order, typically, if they are well-socialized, well-rounded, good confidence, good self-control. They will use them in order as needed. Basically, your level one calming signal is a very passive signal. They're very um, hard to see to the untrained eye, which is why people get themselves into trouble. And the level one signals actually have the majority of the signals because dogs do not want to get into confrontation. They don't want to have conflict. Um, their most important thing is to avoid that conflict. A lot of the first level signals are very simple things that you've seen before. Um, Head turn is probably the most uh, popular one that dogs will use and probably the one that 
humans have seen the most. And think about when you've wanted to take a picture of your dog and you, you know, caught your dog doing a really cute thing and you go to put the camera down there and the dog immediately turns his head sideways. And that's basically the dog saying, hey, I'm not real comfortable with this thing that you're putting in my face. And then typically what happens is the owners will start to make some kissy noises, some more sounds, actually becoming more confrontational to get their dog's attention. And then typically at that point, the dog will do a body turn, will start doing something else and ignoring their human. And this is just basically their way of saying, I'm not comfortable. You know, I'll also see it a lot when people hug their dogs. They'll go to hug their dog and their dog will actually turn their head away. Uh, you know, if a dog really enjoys it, they'll probably try to lick your face or try to nuzzle in. But I watch a lot of dogs that people hug and the dog just turns his head away from the person. And that's saying they're not comfortable. Just because it's nothing real obvious doesn't mean that the dog is comfortable with this. And you will see it a lot when people are petting dogs on top of the head. Uh, dogs are not always comfortable with that. So they'll turn their head or they'll turn their body to give you maybe their backside. And so this is something that we really need to pay attention to and, and be aware of with what our dogs are doing and communicating to us so that we can be respectful, so that we can say, yes, okay, I recognize that you're not comfortable, so I'm going to back away and give you a moment. And when you have that communication, then you can really have a real deep, true relationship there that trust can be built. Some of the other level one signals that you'll see Paul raises, where a dog will raise his paw slightly off the ground. Typically, these um, signals are mixed, so you might get a head turn with a paw raise. You can also get a sit as a calming signal. Now, obviously, a dog will sit to ask for a cookie. So if your dog sits and just looks at you, then he's obviously not giving you a calming signal. He wants to engage. But if he sits, does a head turn, and a paw raise, then you know clearly he's giving you a calming signal. If he turns his body first and sits and gives you the side of his body, calming signal. You'll also see dogs do a quick flicker of their tongue. They will um, avert their eyes if they are unable to turn their head or if they feel like the confrontation is being too aggressive, they'll just avert their eyes instead of turning their head. You'll also find yawning as a normal calming signal that dogs will use when they're stressed. Yawning is a great tool that you can use if you have a dog who's afraid of thunderstorms. Next time you have a thunderstorm, sit with your dog and just start yawning. Eventually your dog should yawn back and start to relax a little bit. Now obviously a dog can yawn because they're tired. You just really want to look at the rest of the body. If the dog is you know, standing up and stretching his back legs out and yawning, then he probably just woke up from a nap. The calming bowel, which is similar to the play bowel, and the, that's basically the front feet out and stretched out with the um, arms and elbows down on the ground with the butt in the air. If it's a play bowel, then basically the dog will be bouncing back and forth. But if it's a calming bowel, you're going to get them to hold that position and they'll probably add in a head turn with that. Curving is also another great calming signal that dogs will use, typically for greeting. So as they're approaching a dog, they'll typically curve 
which is just making a small arc. And when they make that small arc, it puts them in a body turn and puts them in an automatic position of a calming greet. And if that goes well, then the introduction can take place, which is then sniffing of the rear. If the sniffing of the rear happens too quickly, then we can easily have some problems. You've probably also seen your dog do a split up, which is where they find that there are two organisms that are causing conflict, being too confrontational, or if the dog is not very confident, they may see something that's normal as a possible um, opportunity for conflict and they'll want to separate it. And this is where the dog will get in between the two organisms and try to move them apart using their body. I see it with dogs that don't have a lot of confidence when uh, people hug. They may come in and try to get in between. When they're sitting too close on the couch, they may crawl up in between to do that. If you have multiple dogs or if you take your dog out to socialize on a regular basis, your dog may do this. And the split up is a very handy one that we can use ourselves um, in a lot of training scenarios, but when a dog knows it and, and does it well, it's really a beautiful thing to watch. Some of the other calming signals that you may see um, on a regular basis is a dog doing something else, sniffing the ground, uh, maybe marking behavior, but they'll basically ignore. Ignoring is super, super powerful, and we talked about it in the other episodes about the puppy behavior, but ignoring is powerful, and, and it's powerful because dogs use it themselves. And I remember back in the day, 25 years ago, when I had my first dog myself that wasn't my family's pet, you know, I would let her out in the backyard and would basically let her play and, and sniff and do all that. But when I was ready for her to come in, I would call her and I would just expect her to come. I didn't know any better. I had not taught her to come, but I just told her to come. And when she didn't, I would get louder I would get a little bit more firm in my tone. I would get harsher. And all that did was make her go a little bit slower. She would avoid me even more. And I just didn't know any better. I was being confrontational. I was um, causing stress. And she was doing what she needed to do to calm that before coming to me. I would have been better off throwing a party and making it a fun thing to come to me and not a confrontational thing. And, and I know a lot of people will do that. And keep in mind, even if you do teach your dog to come, if you are using harsh tones or, you know, if, if there's another dog that's around that your dog must deal with, they're going to handle that conflict and confrontation before they're going to be obedient. Obedience is our thing. You know, it, it's for them, it's secondary. For them, it's making sure that everybody stays happy. There are no fights. There are no problems. Um, and it's conflict free. And as long as it's conflict-free, then everything can work out fairly well. Uh, so you can see that when we have dogs that cause conflict, uh, that is a very abnormal behavior, which we'll talk about as far as reactivity and aggression issues later on in our podcast down the road, more than likely. Um, I'm hoping with your puppy stuff, if you do it right, you won't have that problem down the line. But we will get into that in another episode um, on down the line, maybe in a month or two, just keep checking back. But understanding these calming signals can really make a huge difference uh, for you. Um, if level one signals don't work, 
Uh, say the dog is doing a head turn, yawning, maybe he's got his paw raised, he's turning his body, and whatever that organism, whether it be another dog or whether it be a human, stays confrontational. Let's let's just take a human because this happens so much, especially those that work in rescue. They try to talk a dog into feeling okay, try to talk a dog into trusting them. And the thing is, is that dogs don't communicate verbally. So you want to go in with dogs doing the right signals, but a lot of people don't. And so if a dog is sitting sideways and turning their head um, and, you know, maybe glancing ever so often at that person just because that person is being confrontational and it can be a little scary, if they continue to be confrontational, the dog has no choice but to go to level two. Uh, if level one's not working, they have to go to level two, and level two is less passive. Level two, you have your growl and your snarl. So those are actually very normal behaviors that dogs will use to calm something down. Um, now, obviously, a growl and a snarl can also be a warning. If it's a warning, they'll growl, snarl, and stare at you. But if it's a calming signal, they, they will mix it with some level ones. And then if level two doesn't work, level three has to happen, which is a snap, which can be vocal, um, meaning it can be a bark with it. You have a bite, which is like a snap that makes contact. And then between dogs, you have a muzzle grab, where a dog will take his mouth and put it over top of the muzzle of the other dog. That's mostly seen with adults and puppies, because puppies love to get in the face of adults, and they do what they can to ignore. And then they'll do a little growl, snarl, and then a quick snap or muzzle grab. So you got this human who is trying to talk this dog into feeling okay and safe. Uh, they're talking baby talk to them. And they are trying to toss treats and really try to, to get the dog to like them and trust them. The dog is doing everything he can in level one. When that doesn't work, the dog goes to level two, maybe a growl or a snarl. Now, hopefully at that point, the human will get it and walk away. If they don't and they continue to try to approach, then the dog has no choice but to go to level three, which is typically a snap or a bite. The problem is when you have dogs in shelters or you have dogs in uh, rescue organizations, if the people that are working with these dogs, whether they're volunteers or employees, if they're not educated and they don't understand dog communication and they don't understand how dogs use these signals, then they may see a dog growl, snarl, or snap and assume the dog is aggressive. And that dog may be labeled and will no longer be adoptable. And the only other option of that, as we know, is euthanasia. And so the lack of understanding by humans causes so many problems. Um, you know, when I hear a family pet just bit their child out of the blue, um, I, I know that it's not out of the blue. Um, I have watched children just over and over again ignore their family dog's signals of ignoring, walking away, hiding under tables, and then the parents just don't realize that's what's happening. And so then what finally does happen is a growl, snarl, or a snap, or even a bite. And then the dog learns that why bother with level one? They never work. I'm just going to go to level two or level three because those work. So to, to help you understand a little bit in human terms, if someone had gotten up in my space and I was uncomfortable and I wanted them to back out of my space, um, I would probably nicely ask them to back out of my space. And if I asked them to back out of my space so many times and they didn't do it, 
I would then probably go to level two where I start to raise my voice a little bit. And when that doesn't work, maybe I start to yell at them to get out of my space. So it doesn't make me a bad person if I have to do that. But if I have to go to level three every single time to get people out of my space, then I will begin to default to level three and skip level one and two. And you can see how this is going for dogs. And so when you get a dog who um, becomes fearful because his signals are not working, um, the, the behavior becomes fear aggressive and there's aggression there. And when I say aggression, I just mean that it's at level three in your face because that's what works. And unfortunately, fear aggression is worse than a dog who is just aggressive towards certain things because fear aggression is a lot more unpredictable where one second a dog can be okay with you petting them and then they get freaked out and immediately react to level three to get that petting to stop instead of being responsive and having the confidence to just walk away and know that those level ones will work. So the next time that you are interacting with your dog, watch for these signals. And the next time your dog is interacting with other dogs, look for these signals. And honestly, the best thing to do to get in the habit of looking for these signals and to get, you know, good at looking at them, because they can happen very quickly, is to just go and sit where dogs play and interact. Don't take your own dog so you're not distracted. But just start practicing watching these. Now, like I said, this is typically a visual seminar. Um, I do have this course online. Um, You can go through our website, dogspeak101.com, and it will give you access to the classes and the course that we have um, online for this. And if you're local, we do this seminar several times a year. Um, If you're not local and you want to have this seminar um, done for you and friends or your club, whatever it may be, um, all you have to do is contact us. It truly is one of the most popular. And we're looking at putting it on a DVD and selling it, uh, you know, so that uh, people can get educated across the world with this. And, and there are other, you know, there's, uh, there's plenty of information out there, um, you know, but I want you to get educated on communication because I think if you can't communicate with your dog and you can't understand what they're feeling or what they're going through or what they need, that's going to limit our relationship. And and that's the last thing that we want. So when your dog growls or snarls or snaps or bites, don't freak out. Look at the situation. Look at it in context. Did the dog just snap and then retreat? You know, did the dog leave a bruise and then retreat? Um, You know, so don't just automatically assume that your dog's being bad. And lastly, Very important here. Do not punish your dog for using calming signals. If you punish your dog for using calming signals, then you're losing those those warnings that the dog is giving you. Um, You know, we don't want to suppress that behavior because the explosion will be really, really bad and there'll be a very, very short fuse on the next one. So suppression is not teaching. All right, so... Be sure that you don't punish your dog for it. Yes, there are times that your dog may use it and it's inappropriate. But with that, we just do a simple, very uh, calm interruption where we use that's enough with a split up. And you can actually see that split up on our website under controlled window barking. You know, so we'll use uh, that's enough with a redirect, which is with the 
the split up to help a dog understand that that's enough just means that what you're doing is not necessarily wrong, but right now it's not appropriate, or I've just had enough of it, or hey, you know, you're a little excited and you're being a little disrespectful to your buddy, uh, just redirect yourself for a minute. So it's just one of those things that once you educate yourself on it, then you may see your dog's behavior in a, in a different light and understand that your dog is not trying to be aggressive. Your dog's not trying to be a brat. Your dog is communicating that they're, they're stressed out. And if your dog doesn't have good communication skills, then you need to definitely get some training, uh, positive reinforcement training. You need to get the dog socialized and help him understand that he can use those signals because they're not only using those signals for external conflict, but they'll also use those calming signals to calm themselves for that internal conflict. So like during thunderstorms or being boarded or groomed. And if they have the inability to do that, you're going to get a dog who um, is full of stress and very unhealthy stress that obviously puts um, a lot of stress on the organs, the brain, um, and the dog is just not going to be healthy. So make sure that your dog is having the opportunity to socialize and communicate properly. Make sure that you learn about communication so that you can understand your dog and see that your dog is, you know, doing the right things. Or if he's not, help him out a little bit and teaching him that he can use his signals and that they can be successful. All right, so that's... uh, that's just a quick little podcast I wanted to do on communication. Like I said, this is a visual, really, conversation. And, and I do want you to, if you have an opportunity, take our course online. Because I think it will really be eye-opening. And if you're local, I highly recommend that you attend our seminar. Um, it's typically three hours long, but it is BYOB. Because if you're going to listen to me talk that long, you may need a little bit of alcohol. Uh, Just check our website out for upcoming dates um, and locations. And we would love to see you there at some point. And if you have any questions, just feel free to shoot me an email at info at dogspeak101. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. And I will see you back here next week where I'm not quite sure what we're going to talk about next week. I have it on my list that... We were going to talk about commands and giving commands and teaching commands, but we may be changing that a little bit. So uh, stay tuned, and I guess we'll know what we're covering next week when we start to cover next week, and and, uh, you'll know when you listen to us next week. But I really hope you do have a great rest of the day, and go love on your dog, and go uh, respect his signals, and let him know that you understand him and that you respect him so that he can trust you with that and you can really build that relationship and make it a little bit deeper than it is right now. All right, Dog Speak Geeks, love you all, and we will talk to you next week.